Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. So today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be focusing on verses 18, 19, and 20. Uh, So if you're following along, go ahead and go to Colossians chapter 1. And let's read from verses 15. And we're going to read until verse, let's see, verse 23. So it says, he is, the invis- he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So yeah, let's go back to verses 18, 19, and 20. So in verse 18, it says, And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So yeah, let's let's unpack that. Let's try to understand what the Lord is saying here. Because he says, And he is the head of the body, the church. Right? Again, the question would be, Who is the he? Well, we were talking about Christ, right? We were speaking of Christ's preeminence when verse 15, it says, he is the image of the invisible God. So that is the same he, and that he is Christ. So he is the head of the body, the church. So what other places in scripture can we find that? Well, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, right? So last season, we went through Ephesians. In Ephesians 1.22, it says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. Right? So we get this idea, this understanding that Christ is the head of the church. He is the head. Without the head, the body could not move. 
right? When we talk about Christ and we talk about his lordship and how he is God, he is Lord, he is king. We obey him. We follow his commands, uh, not for our salvation, but out of obedience and our love for him, we will do what he commands us to do and tells us to do. So here, scripture is saying in verse 18 of Colossians chapter 1, and he is the head of the body, the church. So that's one thing to note about Christ. Another, it says he is the beginning. So what does that mean? He is the beginning. Well, John explains it plainly, simply. In John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word. That means before time ever existed, as far back as you can go, he was there. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. That means the word was with God before all things, before all things were created. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So now what John is telling us is that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, right? In John chapter 1 verse 14, it talks about Jesus taking on flesh or God taking on flesh, right? Scripture talks about him being the image of the invisible God, right? We read that in verse 15. We talked about that last time. So yeah, so he's the head of the body of the church. Two, he is the beginning, right? He is the beginning. Three, the firstborn from the dead. So, so what does that mean? That he is the firstborn from the dead. Well, in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, it says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. So, what it means when it says that he is the firstborn from the dead, uh, that is to say that he is the firstborn from the dead to never die again. That's why he is the resurrection. That's why we look to him uh, for our resurrection, right? That is the confidence we have. That is the hope that we have, right? It's a sure hope because Christ rose from the dead. I will rise from the dead. Um, and that is something important to understand and know uh, that Christ is that firstborn from the dead to never die again. That in, so here's the reason why, that in everything he might be preeminent, right? In Psalm chapter 8, verse 6, it says, You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. Right? So, Christ is above all things. And there's a purpose for that. And there's a reason why later on we're going to be talking about Christ reconciling to himself everything. And why is that? It's because he is the one who is to receive glory from all things. <clears throat> so in verse 19, it says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So Jesus, 
being the one whom the Father is well pleased, is God in the flesh. He is the God-man, right? As John chapter 1 and verse 16, it says, uh, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. And what grace upon grace means is an abundant grace, right? So grace upon grace. God lavishes his own with an abundance of grace. And again, that is a beautiful thing uh, to read of what God does to his children. Now, we must understand, we must uh, put into perspective, put into its right context that we deserved nothing from God. If anything, what we deserved was condemnation. Because we were dead in our sins and trespasses. We wanted nothing to do with God. So the rightful thing for God is to judge us rightly. And that is to send us to hell forever. Right? But God being gracious. Being loving. Being merciful. He showed that through his son. In his death on a cross. Jesus died for us. Right? In Matthew it talks about that his name shall be Jesus. And why is that? Because he will save his people from their sins. So all through the Old Testament, we get a picture, we get a glimpse of what Christ is going to do, what God's purpose of sending Christ uh, is, and that is to reconcile to himself a people for himself, right? Those who were not my people, they shall be my people. So that is what the Lord Jesus does. He reconciles to himself all things, right? Like it says in Psalm 8, 6, you have put all things under his feet. Jesus Christ has dominion over the works of God's hands. Christ has been raised from the dead. Um, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And... God has put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. So now when we look at verse 20, we will see what the Lord has been doing and is doing as time goes on. It says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So, and through him, it says, only through Christ can we find reconciliation, right? This world is broken and fallen and sinful. And the only way to fix that is by the blood of his cross, the gospel, right? Because through this gospel, once we start understanding our fallen nature and how much we need Christ's saving, Christ's forgiveness, um, we will begin to understand that there is no reason for me to hate another, right? Because even the Lord tells us that he who hates his brother, even brother in Adam, uh, is liable for murder. Right? You're not doing the action, but you're committing murder by uh, hating your brother, hating your neighbor, or anyone who you hate. 
right? Because what God is doing is get, he's getting to the heart of the matter, the heart. The heart is wicked and deceitful, right? It's wicked. It's evil. And from it flows out uh, the different actions and words that we speak. When we are apart from Christ, uh, we spoke filthiness. I spoke filthiness, right? Uh, part of my testimony, I was just trying to fit in with the crowd. And I would speak the way the world spoke. Um, and it was not good at all. It was not helpful at all. But the Lord calls us uh, to be a new creature because we are in Christ. We have been created a new person. Therefore, we must walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which we have been called. So to do that, we have to understand um, what this means, this gospel, right? Because now we're not going to speak vile uh, of someone else, but instead we're going to understand that the only way uh, they can be fixed, right? The only way they can be reconciled to us is through the gospel, right? Scripture tells us as believers that we are to love our enemies, right? So not only our neighbors, but our enemies, that we are to give them water if they are thirsty, give them Food if they're hungry. Because in doing so you'll heap burning coals on her head. It's what the word says. So when we do that. Um, we must be gracious to them. But also. Have them understand why we're going through what we're going through. Or why we're trying to reach out to them. And that is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ does that. It changes us. It changes our hearts. Um, and not only that, what Christ is doing through that, as we are doing that, we are being obedient to him because he called us to preach this gospel, to make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But also we're fulfilling this right here and through him to reconcile to himself all things. All things are being reconciled to himself as more and more people are coming to Christ uh, through the gospel. Whether on earth or in heaven, it says, making peace by the blood of his cross. So all things are for Christ since Christ is to be the recipient of glory from all things. Right? What do we read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Uh, and in verse 16, it says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Here it is. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So not only is all things being held together by the power of the Lord, but all things were created through him and for him. So that is what the Lord is doing. He is reconciling to himself all things. 
for his glory because he is to be the recipient of glory from all things. Right? The cross of Jesus Christ is the means by which Christ reconciles to himself all things. Right? That's what the Lord says in his word in verse 20. It says, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace. Right? So that notes that there is no peace where there is no reconciliation between uh, God and man and all things that have been subjected, right? That are in Adam because of Adam. And it says here, making peace by the blood of his cross. So in order for us to have peace, um, it's to be done through by the blood of his cross. That's how the Lord reconciles to himself all things. This is what makes the gospel important. And to reconcile, it means to restore to a right relationship or standard. Or to make peace where there was once enmity. Right? So, what the Lord does is he reconciles us to himself through the gospel. And once he does that, he commands us to take this gospel and make disciples of all nations and teaching them to observe and obey all that he has commanded. Now they who are discipled, who are disciples now and are being discipled, are doing the same thing. And then more and more people will do it. And more and more people will do it. And guess what? The world is flooded with the gospel and not one person um, is to be in a camp of, well, I didn't know. Instead, they hear it left and right because more and more people are coming to Christ and more and more people are hearing the gospel. There's many atheists who know the gospel, right? Many atheists who study the word of God, obviously not with uh, the eyes given from the Lord because they're still blind to God's word, but they can quote scripture and sound like they know what they're saying. But only the Lord will give understanding, will give wisdom. And what the Lord is doing here, he's calling to himself all things and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And just to read ahead, right? We're not going to study this today, but just to read ahead from that, right? So that in everything he might be preeminent. And in verse 19, it says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And in verse 21, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So, that's what the Lord uh, is doing. He's sanctifying us. And the more he sanctifies us, the more we are uh, resembling Christ. We are to be Christ-like in this world. 
right? This world of darkness. We're called to be light. We're called to be salt. So we must know who our God is in order to represent him properly, right? You can't just call yourself a Christian and yet live like the world. Because the world is going to be deceived into thinking that what they're doing is right and good. Because the Christians are doing it. Therefore, uh, this must be okay. But instead, we must not be like the world, right? Jesus says that we are in the world, but not of the world. And there is a reason why we are still in the world as Christians, as believers, right? Because if God's main purpose was just to save us and then after that, we go with him to heaven, um, then we wouldn't be here. But that's not what God is doing. God is reconciling to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Uh, the cross, um, no pun intended, is the crux of all of this. Because through this cross, through the preaching of this gospel, right, uh, God reconciles to himself a people for himself. So, what is the gospel? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, it begins with Jesus Christ entering the world, right? It begins with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Trinity, right? He is the God-man. He took on flesh, and dwelt among us. Not only did he dwell among us, but he bled like us. He felt sorrow like us. He felt depression. He felt abandoned, right? All these things that we feel, he felt. Um, and he lived among sinners. Yet not once did he sin because he was the sinless Lamb of God. He was the one in whom was going to die for his people, to be the representative of his people. All of those who would put their trust in him, all of those who would repent of their sins. And he was tried as a sinner. He was tried as an evildoer, right? Because what they would do uh, to those who would disobey the law, uh, the Romans would ultimately put them on the cross and kill them. And what they killed Jesus for was for blasphemy, right? For making himself to be God. Because that's what they said. But what they did not know what they did not understand is that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Jesus said it many times before Abraham was, I am. John explains it plainly how Jesus is God. And all throughout scripture, we see that Jesus is God. In Colossians here, right? Jesus is God, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So Jesus is God. That is important. 
because he was not just a mere man who died on the cross. No. On the cross, when Jesus died, or right before he died, he said, it is finished. And what that means is that he has fulfilled what he came to do, right? He has completed what he has come to do. And that is to save his people from their sins. And he did it on the cross, right? So it looked like defeat, but it wasn't. Because Jesus, after being buried for three days in the grave, he rose from the grave. And he ascended into heaven uh, to receive his rightful crown, right? We call that the coronation of Christ. Because Jesus is King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? All will bow their knee before him, right? All will profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, upon believing in him, that Jesus, the one who took on flesh, the one who dwelt among us, the one who did not sin once, he is the one in whom we are to put our trust in. He is the one in whom we are to look up to, right? We are to repent of our sins because that's what put Christ on the cross. That's why as believers, as Christians, we are not to continue in sin so that grace may abound, right? That's what Paul implies. That's what Paul says um, as one of the objection questions or remarks that uh, some people would try to say, well, uh, let's continue in sin so that grace may abound. And he says, by no means, we're not to do that. Didn't we die to sin? If we die to sin, why do we continue living in sin? Right? That is the argument. So instead of living in sin, we are to live a life of righteousness. Right? We are to live a life that is set apart, that is holy, because God calls us to be holy. He says, be holy for I am holy. Therefore, if we are going to represent uh, God here, Right? If we are to be Christ-like in this world, then we are to be like Christ in this world. So, repent of your sins. Because that's what the scripture says. Repent of it. Detest your sin and don't uh, turn back to it. But instead, repent from it. Acknowledge that it was wrong of you to defy the Lord in sin. And turn to Christ for the salvation of your soul and you will be saved. Scripture says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this gospel will save because it has saved people. It's the same gospel that Paul preached. The same gospel that was given to Paul. Same gospel that Peter preached. Same gospel that John preached. It's the same gospel that Charles Wesley preached. It's the same gospel that Jonathan Edwards preached. It's the same gospel as Charles Haddon Spurgeon preached. It's the same gospel that John MacArthur preaches. It's the same gospel that uh, many, many preachers preach. But we find this gospel in God's word, right? 
because there are false teachers out there. There are false teachers who are preaching a false gospel, making you think that you were saved, but in the end, you're not because you believed in the wrong gospel. You believed in the wrong Lord. That's why preaching Christ and Him crucified is crucially important when it comes to the gospel. So, be vigilant on that. Read the Word. Know who He is. And um, grow. Grow in sanctification. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.